0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is another brand-new edition of Flyers Daily, the all-star Bye week Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. And joining us on this episode, well, I've been trying to get him to come on all year. Finally, he comes on. His former Flyers goaltender, Brian Boucher, currently of the NHL and TNT and part of the Flyers broadcast crew on television. What's going on, Boucher? Not much. Uh, Recovering from... You know, that
1: that alumni game, uh, soreness is getting out of my body now. So I'm glad I got through that uh, relatively unscathed, which is nice. There's a lot of anxiety in my life leading up to that uh, that game, reading those promos, leading up to it. Man, it was making me nervous. So glad we got a win and uh, glad nobody got
0: hurt. It was great. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, like leading into it, like you're building it up and building it up. And, and you're reading these provos and you're going, geez, and I got to play in this damn I thing, on
1: I'm the goalie. I told the, I told the fans when we met them before the game, I said, hey, you guys got to lower your expectations here. Make <laughs> sure – I didn't want them to get disappointed when we put our gear on and go play. Yeah. I think they saw the pace right away. <laughs> I think their expectations <laughs> hit
0: the floor, you know. <laughs> you watch it, you go, wow, this looks different. <laughs> yeah, for you sure, know? yeah. Uh, was day 2 the hardest sore day like the day after it's like okay I'm sore but then day 2 you wake up you're like yeah. oh my god yeah for what sure so, yeah right after the next day we had the afternoon
1: game against the Bruins right the
0: Flyers did yeah. and,
1: uh you know you, you you feel a little sore but it was the next day that I was really uh was really sore to be honest with you, I probably uh went down a few too many times in the morning skate yeah uh, that's you know the morning skate plus the game it's not that I mean, look, I played 30 minutes, right? Running time, so it wasn't like I played a ton, but I don't know. Is you know, just the the whole the whole process. You know, you're not used to that. Uh, so yeah, two days later, I was sore. I slept like a baby a couple nights later, and I'm finally starting to get on the other side of it, feeling good again.
0: Yeah. Well, are you going to keep playing now? Now that you you know you knocked a little scar tissue out of the way? Nope. No. Nope. I'm
1: done. Uh, well, listen. I mean, if I mean I. I, 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 when I was living in Rhode Island a couple of years ago, the last couple of years I skated there, but I don't have, we're just so busy now with the flyers and TNT I'm I'm way busier than I've ever been. So there really is no time to skate. Uh, we squeezed a couple in prior to the alumni game just to get ready. Cause I didn't want to go out there cold Turkey having not played in over a year and a
0: half. Um, but yeah, no, I have no plans to go back on the ice. That's for sure. I told you you took too much in warm up. Yeah. I, when I was in my later years playing, just before I stopped playing a couple of years ago, just in beer league, I would take three shots and warm up. I'm like, I'm not wasting any energy on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I should have taken that advice. I took way too many in the morning skate. And I actually yeah. took a nap. I felt like I was a player again. And ah. I'm hey, how about a, a, you know, a, a thank you to the fans? 13,000 fans oh, plus please. showed up to watch a bunch of washed up has-beens for some of us, never never were, um, to, to play. I mean, the fans were unbelievable. They made us feel like we were I, – I felt like we were playing again. Like, once you hop onto that Wells Fargo center ice mm-hmm. and you see the crowd and the play starts to develop, it, it brings you back to when you were a player. I know it was a heck of a lot slower, but um, the fans and the way that they greeted us and cheered for us, amazing. Unbelievable fans here in Philly. Thank you
0: to all those people. Pusha. I've called a bunch of the alumni games over the years, and it was the most entertaining game. And it was like sometimes the script is written in the gods because it's all for, you know, Recky's induction into the Hall of Fame weekend. You know, obviously he scores twice a signature goal in the off wing, snapping one, you know, high, you know, high blocker. I, was, I guess it was high glove. Was high glove, was yeah, because he was bringing right it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, the synergy with the number eight. 88 gets one 87 gets one 18 gets a shorty you know it's yeah. like what is going on here this is like written in the gods <laughs> I know it was uh
1: yeah listen I don't think I mean unbeknownst to me I don't think that there is like a it's not like the WWE where we we scripted out who's gonna yeah. win and whatnot I mean I think you saw at the start it's everybody's pretty respectful and kind and nice and then as a game gets going and you get into it, the competitive yep. juices start flowing a little bit and you start testing the boundaries. And it was good to see Rex score. It was great to see Big E score. Um Mike Richards, you know, still looks like he could play. Sharpie Sharp. looks like oh. he Sharpie looks like he could play. Sharpie looks like he could do a lot of things. Uh you know, he Looks he, like he can know.
0: do anything he wants.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Just slap him in the face. You know what I mean? He's so talented at everything. But yeah, it's um it was fun. I mean, uh, and, I, and I thought it played out great. Uh, it was just a, a, a wonderful a wonderful evening uh, to get everybody back and also to be around the cup-winning teams, right, 50 years celebrating them. Uh, you know, those guys are such legends, and we we as ex-Flyers look up to those guys and, and what they did. We tried to do what they did. We couldn't do it. And um, it's just great that we could get them all in one spot and celebrate them and celebrate Rex, who was a great flyer? I know he was great in other places, but I still look at Rex as a flyer. Uh, Ten I don't years care. here, yeah. I don't, yep. You know, to me, when I think of Mark Recchi, I think of him. Um, I know he won cups elsewhere, whatever. Great for him, but I look at him as a flyer, just like I look at Rick Tockett as a flyer. I yeah. look at Craig Berube as a flyer. they are just certain people that, when you think of them, uh, that flyers jersey is what you
0: remember them in. I said on the broadcast that Patrick Sharp is the ultimate. Example of not all men are created equal. (laughs) Uh, I I thought it was incredibly respectful what the Bruins players, alumni players, did too when the the Cup-winning team was walking off the ice. They beat Boston and you know shook everybody's hand. It was just like the ultimate night of hockey respect, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, How's the new gig been? Working with JJ uh, now at uh, the NHL and TNT. You got two new gigs.
1: Yeah, everything's been great, man. I am uh, I'm truly blessed. Um, you know the the, the Flyers situation that, that 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 arose when Jonesy got the president's job really just got my mind thinking in a different direction. Uh, I never anticipated uh, a team job like covering a team, and I got to tell you, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the, the national stuff is great because you know it's such high visibility, and you get the best games, the best matchups. You go into the playoffs and. You, you know, you get to do Stanley Cup Finals and whatnot, and and all that's great. But the thing that you miss is you miss uh, cheering for a team. You know, you miss being a part of a, a team. And it's not to say that we are, you know, the part of the Philadelphia Flyers. JJ and I, because we're not. We work for NBC Sports Philadelphia, but we do have a rooting interest for for the Flyers, right? And they're invested. Uh, yeah. And so you know, when you get on that plane after a game, you want those guys to be smiling. Everybody likes happy, happy people. So um, they've gotten off to a great start in the you know the, uh, the the first half of the season. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great to be around the team, and the TNT gig has been awesome too because I'm back with old teammates and Eddie Olchek and and Kenny Albert. Um, so that wow. that is that has been great. You know, I used to be with those guys at NBC Sports and. I miss them, and uh, they're terrific teammates, and, and I think all that is just it's been um, it's been great. And you know, look, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity I had at ESPN. It's just with the schedule, with the team Flyers games being primarily Tuesday, Thursday, and ESPN schedule being Tuesday, Thursday heavy, it was going to be virtually impossible to do both of those uh, at the same time. So fortunate that the TNT gig had opened up, they had interest, and that ESPN was willing to let me go there. Um, it's been a it's been a home run for me.
0: Is there a nicer national broadcaster than Kenny Albert, by the way? <laughs> he is like the guy yeah. he's such a good guy. And he's he really, so damn good at his job. Oh my God. The guy is uh, the guy's so a savant.
1: Yeah. I mean he yeah. it's amazing all the sports he does at the same time. And you're right, he is the nicest guy. All he does is chuckle. He just yeah. loves to laughs, he loves stories. He loves hanging out. Um, never has a bad word to say about anybody. I mean, no. he's like the nicest guy in the world.
0: He and Doc Emmerich might be the two nicest gentlemen I've ever met in hockey. Yeah, true gentlemen, too. That's, yep. that's a great part about it. Um, Boosh, what has surprised you about this year's team? Because you just mentioned they're off to a start that a lot of us maybe didn't expect. You know, we thought maybe they would defend better. Maybe they get better goaltending. I don't know if we any of us saw this high-flying transition offense where – uh, that was not the case last year. but what's been the biggest differences for you and why the success has followed? I,
1: I think that's it. I think the 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 pace that they play with, like as far as transitioning from defense to offense, uh, that has surprised me. And Torres kind of alluded to it at the start of, at the start of the year. he you know he talked about last year being um, a a year to lay down the foundation, right? Uh, kind of create a culture, maybe weed out some people that he felt didn't fit into the long-term uh plans of the team and, and and learn how to defend learn how to play hard um and now this year was about finding ways to create more offense and 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 i i gotta be honest i mean i never envisioned a team that would be as fast as they are um and and transition the puck the way that they do and uh maybe at the start of the year when you can catch teams a little surprised because they're not ready for you, uh, you, you know, you get that success. And I think that's been the case for the Flyers in the first half of the season. I, I, I think teams were not ready for it. And if you get on the wrong side of it in a 60-minute game, it's hard to, you know, you chase it a little bit. And I think for the Flyers, they've had some success. And I will say this. I mean, their goals is four. It's under three, right? Uh, but I feel like there are games where they get a lot of chances. And had they had the finish – and certain guys are shooting percentages down. Had they had guys that were able to finish regularly, their goals against would be higher because I feel like they do generate chances, uh, particularly off the rush. Um, so, yeah, that's been a surprise uh, for me. And it's, uh, it's been a big reason for their success. Um, and, and, you know, as far as the defending part of it, like Torch has mentioned talked about, he's like working hard and blocking shots and being tough to play against. These are non-negotiable things. It's what's, it's what is expected of you as a professional. And, and I just think they've carried that over from last year and have done a great job. Um, their PK has been great. Their goaltending has been good. Um, and they've defended, you know, they've defended the way they've needed to defend to give their goalies a chance. And, and, and that's why they've stayed in games. So, um, but the goal scoring, there's no doubt, and the way that they get goals and generate has been surprising.
0: you know, you don't get bonus points for defending or blocking shots; it's expected of you. And I think Torts has set that self accountability to to a different level in year two, even more so than year one. But what is it like for a goaltender uh, when a team is coming so fast in transition? And your team doesn't have a chance to get into its structures. It's just less predictability for the goaltender and, you know, the other team not kind of trying to dictate the terms defending in some way, shape or form.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're facing odd man's um, all night long, that is, it's like you're playing with fire. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether it's two on ones, three on twos or breakaways. I mean, those are, those are nightmares for goalies and, you know, you can try your best to hold the fort as long as possible, but if you continually get those chances, eventually it's going to lead to either goals against or penalties that have to be taken. And then you got to, you know, so it just, it just takes away from the way a team wants to play. Um, It's an uncomfortable game for a goaltender. Uh, It's an uncomfortable game, I think for defense when guys get behind you. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think the Flyers have been able to do that to opponents and uh, you know, that's why, and like I said, I mean, had they had guys that could finish more regularly uh, their goals. Their goals four would be up, probably by you know either a quarter or to a half a goal. Yeah, like uh, the game. three
0: point one range.
1: Yeah, you get to three point one, yeah. three point two, and and all of a sudden, you know, you're a team that's you know instead of winning one goal games, now you're winning games by multiple goals. Uh, it makes a huge difference. But yeah, I you know I, I think when you play that way, it definitely makes teams uncomfortable
0: for sure. When you play that way, there is you know they are very risk. Uh risky in the offensive zone in the way they like to keep pucks in deep pinching down the walls and you will give up some odd man rushes the other way but as you mentioned goaltending has been good for this team uh, but the one goal games boost for goaltending is mentally tough because you got no margin and they've gone into so many third periods tied or with a one goal lead is there a cumulative effect to that throughout a yeah. season
1: yeah, 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 but also it it, it hardens you, right, uh, to be able to play those games when you get into the month of March when those games matter a ton. Um, you want to every
0: once this. in a while you want a rocking chair ride third period. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, you know how it is as a goalie too. Like sometimes an early lead is. I, I never liked when we got early leads as a goalie because I felt like subconsciously the group kind of sags a little bit. They don't yep. defend. With as much vigor, I don't think they're on their toes as much because they're protecting and they're playing it safe. And to me, safe is death. Then you start giving up chances just by being not in the, you know, not being up on guys the way you normally would. So I, I always like the game where it was a tight game because now you've got everybody's attention. Yeah, there's pressure, of course, but yep. those pressure situations are what. Uh, You need to be in uh, in the most important time of year uh, to to uh, to be comfortable uh, in those in those uncomfortable situations. So, um, yeah, it's nice to get some breathing room, some games for sure. There's no doubt. But I think for the most part, being like I said, being comfortable playing in one goal games, that's uh, we'll see what the Flyers are are truly made up of as a group. When we get to, you know, March, uh, you know, if they're still hanging in there and playing in those tight games because now it's going to be less about the rush chances. It's going to be more about the grind game. Um, and can they feel comfortable playing in those types of games where it's uh, you know, the ice is a little bit harder to find.
0: That's, that's a really good point. If you're, t- if you're a team that gets up in the first 10, 12 minutes of a game, two to nothing, the dichotomy of urgency is so different because the one team's playing with the two goal lead, the other team's going, we got to score here. We got to get the next one to stay in this. So that's, That's an interesting element that you bring up. Goaltending has been a strength. Obviously uh, Carter is no longer here right now. And it's Sam Harrison. And he's had a good year if you take out the first three games and maybe the last three. Although I look at those last three and I'm going, what's a guy, what's a goalie to do in a spot like that? Um, But talk about the difference from being the backup to now being the man. And you're in a playoff race, a very tight one.
1: Yeah, it is, it is a, a much different
0: feeling, a much different pressure.
1: I think, you know, when you share the net and you're competing and you're the number two guy and, you know, you're pushing the number one guy, um, every time you do well, it is bonus. It's like, you know, nobody ever expected it, right? The expectations were not there for you to be doing this. So you play with a, a, a freeness to your game and, and excitement. Now when you're the number one guy and you may not have somebody pushing you from underneath, now the expectations go from, well, if he gives us a great game, great. If not, no big deal. Not that it's no big deal, but you know what I mean. It's not the same expectation. Now when the expectation is to be a number one, there's pressure. Um, Whether you feel it externally or it's internal that you do it, um, there's pressure. And uh, I always felt like when you look at the schedule, especially early on in the season – some of the toughest games to play for a number one guy is in the month of October, November, when the team is not dialed in structure wise. And goaltenders do have to come up with wins where you save their bacon. And you look at the schedule and you see 82 games. It's a, it's a big schedule is a lot of okay. pressure. Yeah. But as you get now towards after all-star break, the team should be more dialed in with structure, with playing those tight games. It's not about, Guys getting their points. It's about getting wins. And for Ayrson, the schedule is shorter now. It shouldn't be as daunting. I think he needed the break. I think he needed the all-star break. I think it's been a crazy last couple of weeks, um, you know, f- with everything that's going on. And I think everybody needed a mental reset. And I think that the break came at the right time. Would it have been better to go into the break with a couple of wins? Absolutely. But it is what it is. They're still inside the playoff picture. They're in good shape. I think they control their own destiny. And I think for a guy like Harrison, the schedule is shorter now. He's going to have everybody's full attention when, when the guys get back. And he's proven to me uh, in the time that he's played so far this year that he can do the job and make the saves that are necessary in order for this team to have a chance to win. Those games heading into the All-Star break, you're right. I mean, I don't think a lot he could do on some of those. I mean, a lot of crazy deflections, yeah. not, a, not a lot of quantity, so those are difficult games to play as well because you're not seeing a lot of, a lot of rubber. Um, and then you give up a couple, the confidence can go away. Uh, the mental reset will be great for him, and I think this team will be focused when they get back.
0: Bush, um, let me ask you about one goal in particular that he let in, and that was the first goal Pasternak scored from Boston. And he shoots it through the legs um, oh, yeah. of the Sandheim. Yeah, yeah. And, he just, and, and there's no vision of the release. <laughs> I mean, you couple this with David Pasternak, And I mean, it's long side off the bar and in, you know, it's a perfect shot. Um, But the difficulty for a goaltender when you don't see the puck off release and how much information that takes away from you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't see it. I mean, you're 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 halfway beat already. You need a little bit of luck on your side sometimes um, when you don't see pucks. And, And I think on that one. You know, you look at it, it's a shot from the outside. Everything should be okay, but he rips it through Sanheim's legs. I, I think for Sanheim on that one, he'd like to be gapped up a little better on, on, yeah. on Pastas to not allow him that shot. But then you could say, well, he's from the boards. I mean, how do you – do you need to suppress him even more? Because if you get up on him, then he can beat you one-on-one. Fair point. There was also a drive-by screen that was coming by. I forget yep. who the – it might have been Zaka who was driving um, with Drysdale – I think he was taking him to the near side post. And as the shot was coming, it was like you got a, a fly-by screen, you got the shot through Sanheim, and then he puts it off the far post and in. I mean yeah, – What
0: are you going to do? <laughs> is, I mean, those are
1: just – you. I mean, you need a little luck there. Like you need it to go He's post and out or you need it to miss the net, yeah. right? And if, if Pasta misses the net there, Zaka's trapped, maybe Pasta's trapped, Then maybe it goes around the wall and the Flyers are transitioning. Maybe those are the breaks that you get sometimes – uh earlier in the season that you didn't get that afternoon um but yeah i mean you give pasta time i don't care where it's from even from there he's dangerous
0: yeah the guy came into the game with 240 shots on goal like 16 more than the second guy in the league yeah which i think was mckinnon i mean it's and there's a reason why he scores almost 60 every year because he can do things like that Yep. It, it's disgusting frankly yeah you know, i will funny. say though
1: I, I i did the game tnt on wednesday uh, Carolina and Boston. And I, and I thought Pasta had a bad game. Yeah. Like he was so good against Boston. And then in that game against Carolina, I thought his execution was off. He couldn't catch a couple of passes. Uh, and they ended up changing the lines. He started on a line with uh, with Coyle and Marshan in that game. And Montgomery quickly switched in the second period and, and changed the lines up. And you can see they came in with Frederick on that top line with Coyle yeah. and Marshan and had Zaka with, uh, with Pasternak. So it, he has games where he's off. You hope. You know, you hope you catch him on, on a game where he's off, but he, very rare he's off against the Flyers. He seems to really love playing in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, and over that calendar week, you get McKinnon who comes in and just grabs the game by the throat and just, I mean, he was unbelievable in that game, four points. Kucherov. That, yeah. Yeah, then he's, he, you know, McKinnon's that power speedster. Then Kucherov plays the game at a snail's pace. He looks like he's just out there for a stroll, but just skills you to death. And, mm-hmm. and and he just lulls you to sleep, and then just does something insane, and then you get Pasternak. It's like three of the best players in the league that do it in three different ways. It, it's a it's it's interesting in the way they yeah are with different yeah, ways.
1: And, and that's you know I think when 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 you're looking at the schedule too, the Flyers had you know tough uh, road trips in the first half of the year, right? They had to go west. They're pretty yeah. much done with it. The last time they go is to Chicago here in the next month or next couple mm-hmm. weeks, I think. So that's you know that was out of the way. But what we're seeing now is the the teams in the East, the, the the top teams in the East, is what the Flyers have to face. So yeah, they're home and the time zones are good and the travel's good, but the quality of opponents is going up. And we saw it with Kucherov. And you're catching Tampa at a time when they're starting to they're starting to you know it's all about when you catch opponents too. Yeah. Right. You can who say oh, all when you them. play them when, when you play them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. You know they caught Colorado early on in the year, maybe where they were they were scuffling a little bit. They've been Edmonton dealing with too. Edmonton for sure, um, but now you get on this side of it. Uh, this is when teams start to get dialed in, and the teams that have veteran experience and have been there before they start to they start to steady the ship and they get going. We saw that with Tampa, and Tampa's going Tampa's going to make the playoffs. They they oh, yeah. they are going to make the playoffs, barring. Any unforeseen major injury to one of their big players, but Vasilevsky it's taking a little bit of time; he's settling in. Kucherov's having an MVP year, and they've got all the the supporting cast that have been there, done it before. So they'll be they'll be good. And the Flyers face them a couple more times, right? And then Florida, this team is—they're uh, tough. to – The Flyers got to play them three times uh, yep. here, so you know, Toronto Boston, too. Yeah, Toronto. So th- this is a. Uh, This is a fun time of year. This is where you're going to see what this group is really made of. They've made significant strides. They've done a great job, but they've got some tough games uh, up
0: ahead here in the second half. Um, Last thing for you, Boosh. Danny took care of some business, uh, getting the tippet deal done. It's an eight-year deal at 6.2 AAV, and as that salary cap ceiling rises, the percentage of cap is just going to keep going down over the eight years. And then he also signs Ryan Paling to the two-year 1.9 AAV contract. Um, Talk about the job. That, that Danny's done along with Jonesy of, you know, pick, you know, finding the right direction for this team, executing on it. And we're going to see that at the deadline as well. Um, and the job that, uh, you know, they have done kind of setting the stage and committing to this rebuild. Cause I know Torts has talked about that quite a bit as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think they've done a, I think they've done a really good job. Um, identifying the players that they see as fitting into the culture that they want to build here Um you know, Tippett is a guy that came over in the Giroux trade. You know, Chuck Fletcher made that trade and uh, maybe his best work yet. Uh, I know I know G is still doing a good job in Ottawa, um, but the reality is you got a, a young player in Tippett who I think is just scratching the surface and for the Flyers to get him at 6.2 a year, I think is uh, really good work, to be honest with you. I, I, I really feel like, Tippett is a 40-goal scorer in this league, and I don't say it to put pressure on the guy, um, but when you just watch the chances he gets night after night, it, it it just has to happen. Like, I mean, he he gets five or six chances a game, not shots, chances, you know? And to me, once those start dropping with regularity, it's going to be 35 to 40 goals, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a great signing there. I think uh, Ryan Poehling, uh another good signing can play in can play in your bottom six he's got speed he's uh he's got bite to his game he's a responsible player um to me and and also he's young like he's he fits that mold of getting younger that's what the flyers uh want to do they they talk about building for the future those are two guys that you're building for the future with and uh you know, look, I, I, I think maybe the start to the season's kind of maybe it's muddied the waters amongst amongst fans as far as like, whoa, I thought we were rebuilding here. But I don't think it's I don't think the waters are muddy uh, in, in the front office. I think they still have their eye on the prize and what they want to do. They understand that uh, the future is what this team is all about, what they're doing right now, laying down the culture and knowing how to win and playing meaningful games. These are all great things for development. Uh, These players have to be in these situations and Torts has done a good job of getting these guys prepared uh, so that they can be in these situations and have success, how it plays out the rest of the year. We don't know. I mean, if, and if they, if they, if they stub their toe down the stretch and, and falter uh, you still learn from those experiences, you know, how can you be better? And, 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 and I think Danny and Jonesy, they're going to do the right things come trade deadline in order to put this team in a position to keep acquiring assets so that this team can build for the future, uh, knowing that the best days are, you know, two to four years
0: down the road where this team is much more competitive on a regular basis. Yeah. You use the word rebuild and, and whenever people hear that, they, they assume the team has to stink to, to rebuild rebuild to me is just, is how you conduct yourself and your approach to free agency, your approach to trades, mm-hmm. your approach to roster building. It's not your approach to trying to win, um, um, I, I lied last thing um, you you played here uh, under Ed Snyder you were here a long time and you've seen what has taken place under Dan Hilferty Keith Jones and Danny Briere. and to me Bush, I, I said there's a lot of healing going on right now um, between the fans and the organization and within the organization it seems to have found its soul again and mm-hmm. the most symbolic thing for me is that the red line doesn't go through the logo at Center Ice anymore. Um, this organization has found its moral compass again, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it really
0: has. Uh, you know, and, it, it, and I had
1: been away, um, you know, since I since I retired. So I, ha- I wasn't, you know, around it on a daily basis. Right. You know, when you are doing national, you don't you, you're not you're not in it uh, and see it all the time. You only see it from afar. And it, and it just seemed to be slipping, 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 slipping. And I think the fans got uh, less and less engaged, less and less interested in a team that I thought always had great fan engagement. And I think the, the thing that Dan Hilferty and Keith Jones have tried to do here is to include the fans again into what they want to do is they're being transparent, right? They're, they're engaging with the fans. You see, whether it's Jonesy or you see Dan Hilferty talking to fans, you know, they, you're right. They are trying to uh, heal and bring the fans back. And um, this is such a great fan base. This is such a great place to play. Uh, I experienced it in its, in its best times. I really did. And I, I think some of these players that have played here in the last five years or so, they haven't experienced it at its best times. You know, when you tell them this is a great place to play, they might say, yeah, it is, but, you know, whatever. You know, they they might not feel the same way that I I feel or felt when I played here. I'm telling you, uh, there are great places to play in the league that are big hockey markets that are original six. This is every bit as good when you get into the springtime and playing meaningful games here. This fan base loves their hockey. Uh, the expectations for the team to win were always there. I think it's lost its way in that regard. Uh, it will be back. And, and I, I really have full trust in Dan Hilferty and Keith Jones that they are doing the right things. They understand that we've got to reidentify with what we were in the past that it has to be um, um, not what it was, you know, like to, to, to the very word, but like, the the staples about work ethic, right? Sticking up for one another, playing hard, uh, you know, having, you know, wearing that, that logo on your chest with pride. I think that has to come back and, uh, yet yeah, will be new age in the sense that there'll be skill, there'll be speed, all that meshed in with a lot of the, the, the what, what made you a Philadelphia flyer before to me, that's a winning formula. And I, I think fans will see with time that, um, uh, that that's that's where this team is headed and uh better days are ahead and even though it was a bit of a, a dip uh that'll be long forgotten when uh, when days are good here once again because of the leadership of Dan Hilfrey and Keith Jones and Danny
0: Breer yeah that said perfectly Boosh thanks for doing this uh enjoy the break as best you can the all-star break and everything that goes with it and crank it back up on february 6th thanks for doing this
1: yeah you bet i'll be uh we got a tnt game um uh, i don't know when this airs but january 31st wednesday we got la nashville and then i'm going skiing for the weekend so oh, you're gonna be sore again <laughs> leave me alone i'm going skiing and then uh <laughs> then uh then we get a week then the following weekend we got a. Uh, uh, ESPN game. So I'm going to, then I'm going to go somewhere warm for the weekend uh, and then get
0: back to work for real. Boy, you got some gig going on. What a there. life,
1: huh? What bad, a life.
0: Not bad. All right. Join us tomorrow. Another brand new Flyers daily.